Welcome back to Talking Flick, where we talk about anything and everything, but mostly movies and TV. I'm Tyler, and as always, my co-host, Nick. We ain't too pretty, we ain't too proud. Only the good die. I called that song on that episode. <laughs> I was, like, uh, texting somebody who was watching the episode, and I started uh, sending the YouTube clip of that song. I knew it was going to be there. Yeah. I knew when I they mean, went to the Well of Billy Joel, that was going to be the choice. I mean, they had to, because, of course, like, you know, both seasons. You away. Both seasons, you know, just, you know, Huey's been talking about how much he loves Billy Joel, and it's we been, finally got you know, the answer. Consistent. Yeah, we did actually finally get the answer. So I don't know if it's the answer everybody liked, but I was fine yeah. with it. I mean, yeah, a <laughs> little, little bit of growth. So, <laughs> so of course, today we'll be doing a bonus episode. We're going to be doing The Boys. So season two, episode eight, and pretty much all of uh, season two for the review. The first um, time Talking I, Flick has ever covered an entire season, right? Of basically Yeah, pretty much. I'm trying to think. Yeah, usually we do like the first two episodes, but then we just kind of drop it because we all, we you know, we're picking a bunch of different We're not movies. committed. Yeah. You know, we're commitment phobes. Definitely. Yeah, we lose focus after about five minutes so <laughs> and they're on to the next we thing we still like that, your animated stuff tyler i don't think there's a problem with that <laughs> it's on that you. animated stuff is great all right that is gold okay especially now all right all we're gonna get is the animated <laughs> stuff <laughs> everything's on back order and so. airbenders everywhere pissing me off oh uh, and so uh as core of course we'll be doing a spoiler warning for the tv series so season one season everybody's two, exploded that's basically yeah, all that's basically it. every single person even the main <laughs> characters so uh also a spoiler for the comics too as well because sometimes we just end up going in that area. I but, have questions. <laughs> yeah, I mean, of course, like, I, I saw this episode uh, twice. So, episode eight. Did you watch it once or twice? Uh, like, one and a half times. I watched, like, like the last 25 minutes again, but I didn't go all the way back. Okay, all right. So, let's let's hear. Let's get to the let's get to the complaints first. So, let's get that out of the way before. <laughs> well, here's what I think. Like, The Boys is one of these things where, you know, I we have compared it in previous episodes to The Watchmen quite a bit, and I think it's getting more political. It's taking these stances and using plot devices, essentially, to move their story where they need to go. So my questions are generally like, how does it compare to the comic book? And are these plot devices something that, you know, is built in? Are they making choices that are appeasing comic book fans? Or are they driving it in a different direction? Some of them I like. I like that we're going into the certain direction. The Nazi stuff is interesting. Obviously, all the stuff with social media is always interesting to me. I think they kind of got away from that a bit. But I also think like when you're just taking people off the chessboard because their heads explode. And I did think basically with spoiler warnings, how their heads explode was basically what I thought anyway. But it's convenient in terms of a plot device. After like the 20th one, I started to get annoyed by it. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the head explosion because I like not it. only, it's yeah, cool. like... It looks cool. Uh, you know, every, that one guy from ER, Altazar, whatever his name is, that guy, like they lingered on the, the blood for a little bit too long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think also too, like towards, towards the end of that episode, you know, episode eight, uh, when when it came to the head explosion, I kept on thinking like the church was behind it, right? Um, this is another thing. And this is a direct complaint, Tyler, and I don't mean to cut you off, but my direct complaint on the stupid Church of the Collective was that what was the point of that if they were just going to clean that off the chessboard altogether? Yeah, I think that's where it gets a little complicated too because uh, we saw like in that earlier episode, I think it's a uh, blow the bloody doors off of it yeah. where we see one of those soups, is, you know, one of the adult soups escape and she crushes someone's head using her powers, right? And we, we don't know where she is. We know she got into a car and then that's that but then of course we get the reveal
reveal at the end that it's the uh, the politician who's the uh, the head smasher. And which so, I was okay with that plot twist, I guess. You know, I, n- I didn't necessarily see it coming, but I think that that's a cool plot device. I know in the comic that's a that's a gender swap there, um, yeah. but I like that character and I like that actress. I think that's going to work out nicely. Yeah, and you know, I think definitely with the boys, they have been doing a really great job at the gender swaps. You know, because every time they do a gender swap, like it works really well. And also, too, not everybody knows a lot about the property, so you can you can gender swap whatever you want, and nobody's going to care because they're still you know the comic is still relatively unknown, even though I'm sure it's just. Got I a think bunch it goes both ways because the popularity of the boys has been growing, and obviously yeah. it's Amazon's signature show, as we've pointed out. But there's a lot of people that know the comic book, but even more people that have nothing to do with it. So they're not really impacted. You can't get like, even if the comic guys started yelling with the pitchforks, it's not loud enough. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, and I think everybody's mostly satisfied, like with the boys, even though there are some, I think, uh, there's some pretty decent complaints with it. I know, like with Stan me, Edgar, with I have some issues with Stan. He's got some, <laughs> he's got some, I don't understand I, him sometimes. Like with Stan or just like Vought in general or? Uh, both of them really, but I'm okay with Vought being like both playing both sides, being mysterious, not necessarily having a motivation. Maybe they're just trying to survive because they've created a monster they can't control necessarily. Ultimately, like you can't have it both ways, right? You can't have Stan Edgar be like this master chess guy, but then cutting these last second deals, right? It reminds me a bit of like, you're always making these plans. It's my same issue with Billy Butcher. You're just flying by the seat of your pants, man. One of these days, a soup's just going to come down and squish your head and that's going to be the end of you. You have to do a better job, right? I think that sense of tension helps the show and certainly acts as a plot device, but it does get exhausting to a certain extent. Just bad plan after bad plan after bad plan from everybody, basically. The Supes, fucking Homelander, fucking Bot, fucking the boys. I mean, no one has a good plan here. Nobody. Stormfront had the most, like, acute plan, but it was nonsense also. I definitely like as far, I like that Butcher just kind of has, like, this half-ass plan, like, always thrown together, even when he's meeting with Stan Edgar, and he's asking, well, how are you going to get Ryan away? He's like, that's my business, which basically means he doesn't know yet, but he's going to figure it out. He's so vulnerable in those moments, because at any time, they could just wipe him off the chessboard. Why is it that he's so untouchable to a certain extent because he's you know, Billy Butcher he I always guess. has a way out of it and so I guess it's just, it, it, even with all the chips are down he's able to pull something out even with Black Noir where he's just like I have it up in the cloud where I will release it and everyone's going to know Homelander has a son you know with Ryan and yeah. so it's, the Black of Noir course it was a block, I had issues yeah. with too I love when he is on screen and there's something about that particular character and the mystery behind it but then the candy bar thing he was wiped off the off the map by I guess he got, she put him in a coma with the candy bar is that what happened yeah so of course this happens um, that's not what happens with Black Noir like uh, in the comics and uh, Black Noir is definitely more interesting in the comics as far as with that mystery element I don't want to get like too they're wasting him a little bit do you agree with that? Um, He's a little too far in the background or are we just waiting? You know because of course everybody you can look it up as far as like what's Black Noir's like his his main plot device like in the boys comic series and it's definitely different so far like in you the watched TV a lot series. of G.I. Joe that's not it? Yeah <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, I'm not sure what they're going to do with Black Noir because right now they said that he's in a coma he's not they have some brainwaves, but he's not really there. This is a minor spoiler for the comic series, but like with Compound V, it's fine. Nobody you have, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> You're just like, good, tell <laughs> me. So you and producer, Ryan, yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's it. That's it. Just us too. No one else in the world does. And so, but with like Compound V, you can actually inject it into a dead superhero, and it will bring them back, but it won't bring uh, them back like uh, completely. So they're pretty much more of like not like a complete vegetable, but they're pretty much like a shell of a person when you bring them back with Compound V. Oh, and so we so, think of that's course, maybe what happened there. Yeah. So we think 
think maybe that's kind of what happened with uh, Black Noir, of course. Um, well, that would we'll be good see. to know. Is there season yeah. three now? Can we maybe expose that? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Because, because uh, of course, like it went a bunch of different directions, like with this, and I can see why people would complain, like it got a little bit messy. Um, but I just I like the fact that Vought is sort of behind everything, and even when he's kind of having that conversation with Billy Butcher, it's always it's always been price per share, and he talks about it too. Where it's just like in the history of all the time they've been doing this with Vought, it's always been just business. We, which I guess it's like said it's it on personal, episodes, but right? the answer to all of your questions is money. Every single one of them. Yeah. Dollar, dollar, was it? Yeah. Dollar, 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 dollar bills. bills. Yeah. yeah so, <laughs> so I do, I do like that aspect. And I like as far as like, you know, of course it did get more political, but, and that does go away from the comics a little bit. There's I'm a okay couple with areas. That. You know what I mean? I, it doesn't do what HBO does. It, it's not as um direct line. It's sort of offshoots in a way that I think is timely and interesting and shows like divided America in a way that I think is somewhat clever. I don't think season one was as acute as season two was with that. So I would give the writers credit for putting it in there, but it's also more juvenile. So yeah. it's not treated, you know, as serious as maybe HBO would treat that subject matter. So, yeah, but I do enjoy it. It's right. definitely yeah. different. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Where it's just like with HBO is a little bit more adult. They're going to handle it more serious. Whereas with the boys, I like they're just gonna, like, we're going to make you know? fun of it. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. They're just going to so, like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So it like sometimes when they throw those politics in the mix, like I think still it still works. One thing I do miss that they wish they would have done more of like in this season compared to season one is how they creatively take out, you know, superheroes, like the whole thing with uh, Translucent, you know, shove the bomb up his bum, you know, and just blow I, him up from I the inside out. I we're going to see more of that. And I don't like we don't we get Maeve that saves the day, which I really appreciated. Again, I wanted I want the boys to do more stuff. Yeah, I know. Same here. And, you know, it's kind of like they're I mean, I hope they change it in season three, because even with season two, they're just kind of more talking about it, like how they like even with Frenchie, you know, when they have that whole back episode on him and they talk about how he took out a soup who was like kind of like a version of their, their own version of the Hulk where every time he got angrier, he would get stronger. And so he had a Xanax bomb that just completely wiped him out and made him not angry. And so it's <laughs> it's it's those types of clever things that I wish that they would do more of. Like even with Translucent, like you have this ultimate god or the superhero that you're trying to take out and you're just a regular guy, you know, and it's just doing it the most creative way possible. I do like the blackmail and things like that, but I do wish they would get a little bit more creative and take I think him we out. Have, yeah. We have gone to the well on that multiple times now. I kind of miss Madeline a little bit in this season because I think that she brought a little bit of air to that particular side of the show. But also you see Frenchie constantly with weapons. They're loading bombs and rocket launchers and all sorts of other stuff. And we did get to see them use some of the stuff throughout those last few episodes. But ultimately they haven't used, like, no one has really proven to me that they could take out Homelander or somebody like that just by being smarter or outwitting them. And I think we could use a little bit more of that. Yeah, and I think so too. And I understand, like, hey, don't kill Homelander yet because obviously you have more to do with him and he's a much stronger superhero where you can't just, you know, shove yeah, a bomb no, up his like butt, you know? <laughs> By the way, somebody give. Or can you shove a bomb up his butt and kill <laughs> Maybe him? Maybe you can. Who knows? Yeah. It's like dynamite down his pants, right? It's Monster Squad. <laughs> no, but somebody's got to give Anthony Starr an Emmy because his facial expressions alone... I watched a little bit of Banshee. I know he was somewhat famous for that show. I think it was Cinemac. Yeah. It wasn't awful. It wasn't good either. Um, But that guy did not seem like a good actor on that show. Here, he does so much. He's got a goofy costume on. He's playing such an odd character. He's incredibly vulnerable for being like the most 
most superpowered guy in the world. And yet, like, just his facial expressions, even when he, you know, he gets offended with what Stormfront tries to do with his son and then flies the son away. There are so these subtle moments that he really crushes. We've said it before on the previous episodes, but that guy needs an Emmy. Just give that fucking guy an Emmy or two. He's crushing it. Yeah. And you know, he does a great job in this. And even like, I like Homelander's story in this season because you kind of start to see him, you know, evolve a little bit as far as like with his character because with his son. And that's something that's not in the comics at all. You know, uh, in the first volume, Billy Butcher mentions that, you know, he basically killed the baby that crawled out of, you know, his wife uh, in the first volume. That's an interesting different direction that they're taking. So none of yeah. that stuff with the son is essentially recorded in yeah, comics. Uh, from, from the first volume, I think even looking into it too, none of the son stuff ever comes up. And of course, with Vaught, this is kind of more their contingency with Homelander. I'm sure they have other contingencies too as well with Homelander and how to take him out. But having, I think their contingency with Homelander is having Ryan, if Homelander gets too off the board to Ryan eventually become the next Homelander, but be, you know, not crazy Homelander, not someone who has all these mental issues, you know, just like how Homelander does. I'm going to channel like... producer Ryan. I'm going to channel producer Ryan real quick and just ask Cameron Cravati, who plays Ryan, or how are you with that child actor? Are you okay with him? I'm fine. I know they recast because at the end of season one, he's a little bit older and, uh, or he looked older and I'm fine with them recasting because going a little bit younger and a little bit more like unsure with his powers and everything. But I think, I think the child actor did just fine, although I don't critique child actors that much, you know? <laughs> like, but, <laughs> I, I would but, say, and we're going to get to it. I have, I have questions about, we'll do it after the break, but I had questions about the two major plot lines that essentially came to an end, Stormfront and Becca's. That one scene where there's the ultimate sort of, he's going to attack Stormfront there, finally uses powers. I don't know that that scene totally worked for me, um, but I do like that kid for the most part and look forward to seeing him in future episodes. Yeah. And just, you know, even his dynamic with Homelander, like, and it's weird because you kind of start to... I mean, that's the most important piece, but he's also pretty good as an actor. Yeah. And I think, you know, just with this season, like, you you kind of see Homelander grow a little bit as a person. Of course, it doesn't last very long, but he seems like he wants to be... Five steps backwards. Yeah. Nine steps backwards. This is life, man. There is some sort of poetry here. And then I can do whatever the fuck I want, you know, just stuff like that. that. You know, it's great. Yeah, it's great. And so... It's every little boy's dream, right? Yeah. (laughs) Batman silhouette, moon in the back. Background, come on. <laughs> but you know, definitely, definitely for complaints. Like I just, you know, uh, some of the political stuff I thought was, you know, pretty funny, and then some of it, of course, I thought it was a little on the nose. But that's just any political thing you insert into yeah. any comedy se- or any series in it general. Is now. You're either going to be, yeah, really, it's either going to be okay, that was really good and clever and fun, or all right, you're just like way too on the nose right now. You know, as far as other complaints, like with this show, I, of course, you know what we talked about. I want to see the boys kind of take out more soups, you know, in creative, you know, ways. And I think it did get a little bit messy, like in between like the church and Vought as far as okay what is it Vought or is the church that's kind of behind the head explosion and it's really just kind of like okay Vought is just the mastermind and that's why I think it's not just Stan Edgar like kind of behind everything but he's the face I mean the show gives him to us as the face so they have to own him to a certain degree so I definitely think it's it's Stan Edgar and of course like a group of top executives that are just kind of like their board of directors and I think that's they are the true masterminds behind just trying to getting as much power as they can with and even with the uh, the politician, I forgot her name, Vicky something, the the head exploder, the head smasher. Uh, Victoria Newman, yeah. Victoria, Victoria Newman, yeah. I don't so, know what her name was in the comics. I guess it's something close to that. Victor Newman. Yeah, I something guess, close to that. Vicky, Vicky something. I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, I don't... I've seen her in other stuff too, but she's, uh, I like her. I knew she had something bigger on the show to do. I just didn't exactly think it was going to be that. Yeah, I know. Same here as well. So, uh, but before we get too into it, we're just going to hear a quick uh, commercial break from our sponsor. We can't just kill everyone. That is exactly what we're gonna do. We're even now. Holy, why are you doing this? Because I want back in, so I need her gone. 
<laughs> they took Ryan. Don't you worry, I won't find your son. We are your heroes. We are here to serve and protect you. Season finale time, friends, and we've got just enough of a first look here to keep you going until next week. Here's our sneak preview. Shekhar Day, we need you. Now. He said he lives under a pawn shop and he's black. Hey, let her in. <laughs> they took him. Damn Ryan. <laughs> So yeah, and definitely like even just with this, we get some ending or some conclusions with some of our characters because, you know, we was, you know, like, of course, I don't know if I was up. satisfied with all of them. Would you say you were satisfied specifically the Becca storyline, which I think opening season two, that was the one I wanted the most answers for. And I'm not sure I liked what I got. And then the Stormfront, presumably it's the end. Maybe she's just injured. I don't know. I think the showrunner said she's still alive. So yeah. we'll see how so, she uh, just forward there. Showrunner and the uh, and Stan Edgar said that she is alive. And of course, in the show, she's held at undisclosed location but she's much like Anakin Skywalker now you know all burnt to a crisp awesome. and everything yeah, no, awesome. no limbs you know she did can't not wait have for high ground. Jones to do the voice <laughs> <laughs> that'd be great I'd love it <laughs> she did not have the high ground but um, as far as both that's pretty good German she spoke pretty good German yeah I know she did I know that was that was actually really good did you look up what she was saying yeah uh, something about it was like a song it was like a song yeah she was she was uh, I think she was like remembering something with when she was with uh, Frederick Vaught and everything and that's what she was talking about but um i do like how when homelander goes to see uh stormfront that of course he he looks you know really sad and you know kind of despaired a bit and even like the whole dynamic with uh storm stormfront and homelander was i really thought it was funny i thoroughly thought it was great and even just kind of when homelander <laughs> is you know teaching ryan how to use his laser beams and then of course he has stormfront he's talking about white genocide and he just yeah, sees that look it. on yeah. homelander's yeah. face he's just like even <laughs> even homelander <laughs> everything is in the face right he says yeah. nothing but the, the look on his face is like you gotta be fucking kidding me <laughs> yeah it's it's great though i love it because and it, and it's really i think it speaks to homelander because it's just like he's a really bad guy but he's just like even him is just like okay come on now like we gotta when are we gonna pump the brakes on this thing these but, these are anti-heroes right like everything in modern sort of superhero it's a certain degree you hate him but Zack snyder tries to point this out all the time in his movies although he does it way more expensive and way too long yeah. um, people are complicated right they are both good and bad is there some good in homelander of course but is he also going to masturbate over your city and just kill smush somebody's head while he gets off yeah probably gonna happen too yeah people probably. are complicated man that's life <laughs> yeah so and i i definitely like like even with homelander when it comes to that scene it's just he's so alone you know just all throughout his he's childhood and everything alone. that's yeah, why i kind of miss madeline i almost like the caretaker babysitter aspect to it and i don't poor ashley <laughs> I, right? I don't think i cash uh, storefront did quite what uh, elizabeth shoe did there you know what i mean it wasn't quite the same so but i do you know for the most part i you know we need different things in different seasons but i miss elizabeth shoe a little bit in season two yeah definitely yeah, he drank know. a lot of milk i think he drank milk in that last episode too yeah he's always drinking milk uh homelander he's a bodybuilder he's drinking all that breast milk so. <laughs> <laughs> and i think that's kind of probably one of my favorite parts with homelander it's just like he's so alone that he's willing to accept you know stormfront for you know how she is she's a nazi you know not like she's she was there during world war ii so i do like that aspect of it but i am fine with like becca's end because i think of course billy butcher his whole thing is getting getting back at homelander for whatever happened to becca and, and of course he thought she was dead I don't for a understand while their and relationship i almost thought that it was undercut it under 
undercut Billy Butcher when she said, as producer Ryan kind of pointed out in one of those episodes, he essentially said that you were like this before, right? And once she says that Billy Butcher was always like this before, I kind of thought, A, it undercut Billy Butcher's character, and then B, like, why do we care about Becca? What is the point of all this? And then to clear off the chessboard at the end of the season, I don't know. It just didn't totally work for me, although I thought there was some good acting there where Billy maybe thought about killing Ryan or trying to and then held back a little bit. I just wasn't overall satisfied. The way season one led to how important she was, how season two concluded her story there. Yeah, I think definitely with season one, it was just, it was more important the fact that Homelander, you know, raped Becca and it was just, this was Billy just getting back at Homelander or just, he's always been, you know, terrible, you know, but I guess this is just, this was, what do they call it? This one our man or whatever it is. And so <laughs> he's just always been against Homelander. And I think it would have been interesting if, uh, she points you know, out he that wasn't always yeah. He yeah. hated tubes before that too. So, yeah, so I guess he's always he's always had anger issues and everything. So, but I am fine with Becca kind of meeting her end because I think it sets up like a great story arc at least for Ryan, you know, because I think it'll I think it's more important where it's like okay, Becca's a good character, but now it's like Ryan is a little bit more important at least probably for future seasons, you know. It was getting and, old that she was constantly like, "He's my son, we have to protect him." Yeah. So, <laughs> I was, think that could only last for so yeah. long on a show like this. So, I get why she got cleared off. Yeah. And I didn't and, love the way first of all, the way Stormfront looked, she was burnt to a crisp, like you said, Anakin Skywalker style. And then Becca just had, like, blood coming out of her neck. Yeah. That so is, was that from Stormfront squeezing it? Or what happened there? Is that shrapnel? No, I think, yeah, I think, and that's also where it gets a little bit more complicated. Another pet peeve is the logistics of the, uh, yeah. the eye blast. And yeah. so and, I and think... Again, um, Billy Butcher just passed out, like, five feet to the side. It reminded me, you brought up Anakin Skywalker. Remember Obi-Wan Kenobi in those prequels would occasionally just fall to the wayside? So Anakin oh, yeah. could, uh, you know, kill Dooku or whatever. Like, it was kind of weird like that. You know, the logistics are wonky. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I let it go a little bit because, of course, Stormfront just gets completely wrecked and, you know, of course, loses her limbs. Uh, Billy Butcher, he looks like he gets hit a little bit because he kind of sees some black marks on his uh, uh, knuckles. And then, of course, Becca gets hit in the neck a bit. So I just saw it as, like, Stormfront got the majority of the blast rays, you know, and because she's a soup, it was probably, like, she absorbed a lot of it and it really messed her up. And then, of course, those are just casualties. And that's one thing I wish they would have explored more of that they that I really really like with season one is when they had the group therapy session where you had these victims of these soups where these soups saved them but in the process of saving them they broke their back and permanently right. you know paralyzed someone I think we should or, get more into that I think that yeah. would be good to point out do you remember Avengers Endgame like that little scene there where Captain Rogers is with that group and we're talking about like how Thanos you know erased everybody and how everybody's dealing with it like I like that stuff there's something there that's interesting you don't have to dwell on it too much but a little more of that I could use that it's better than the Church of the Collective stuff yeah so and i definitely like you know just kind of with that is i really wish they'd kind of get more into that casualties because they do talk about it, i think in the first two episodes and you can check it out in our first podcast on it for season two was their casualty rate was at like 34 or almost 40 percent which is like incredibly high and that's something they oh, yeah. yeah and that's something they it's talk just about a very quick comics. scene which is genius i like yeah and and officially they versus non-officially yeah <laughs> and uh you know they talk about it too like in the comics where it's just like you know usually SWAT or police it's like a less than a 1% or less than a 5% chance, but, you know, for casualty rate, but with the soups, it's incredibly high because they're just so, you know, accident prone. They can't, like, I don't think any of the soups in this universe can fully control their powers, you know? It, it, um, and it also constantly will bring you back, it circles back to uh, Huey, who is a character I still have problems with all the way through season two. Yeah, he uh, was a little uh, like his girlfriend, you know, which is a beautiful yeah. scene in the first episode. It's heart 
heartbreaking. I think that that's why you circle back to that constantly, the collateral damage of all of this. Yeah, and I think that's something, too, where it's like he, of course, I'm sure Robin is still on his mind, but I think they could have used a couple more, you know, him bringing back, you know, to Robin because that's what Seth's holding off is A-Train just completely obliterating Robin where there's nothing left but her hand. Are you okay with A-Train essentially outsmarting the Church of the Collective? Yeah, that last episode is definitely like, I can see them, they're rushing a little bit to, you know, get to a conclusion, and I felt it a little bit in the writing, but I think, and I said it like even with last season, you know, I think this is where you could use another two more episodes, and I think it would flow perfectly, you know, you, yeah, you wouldn't think, be able to rush them right about that. So, I think we should probably so, be in the 10 range, per Yeah, and, and I mean, I yeah, and it's weird because I'm usually the opposite. Where it's like you could have done nine or you could have done eight, but with this, it's like no, you probably could have done nine or even a solid ten, and it would have flowed a little bit better. Well, you, so, you but, brought this up a little bit, and we've talked off pod about it a little bit. It's kind of the choice that the creators make, and I give the creators a ton of credit, Kirby and Rogan, and all the guys that are involved here, but. If you are choosing to slow things down a bit, right? We haven't seen the boys destroy a bunch of soups or use their cleverness quite as much as we want to yet. We don't know a ton about Huey. He hasn't arced into someone who's tough yet. I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Maybe not. Um, but if you're deciding to slow down the narrative, then you should probably add more episodes. If you're going to speed it up, okay, fine. Then maybe eight is okay. But I feel like they're slowing it down. They're making more of that choice to elongate the story. And if you do that, I want some more episodes. Yeah, and definitely, like, that's what I felt towards the, like, at least with this episode, episode eight was, yeah, they could use another two. But leading up to it, I was still very entertained, and I still really liked what they were showing me, even though it did slow down. I were really you satisfied with the Stormfront arc? Were you, did you get what you wanted out of that? Yeah, I was pretty satisfied with the Stormfront arc. I'm not sure what the public's thinking because, as you know, Vought apparently had two mishaps in a year with Compound V being discovered and even just Stormfront being a Nazi. Yeah, can we get just some like, public yeah. perspective to say, like, what the fuck is going on and why isn't anybody doing anything about Vought? Like, yeah, are they just exactly. like, yada, 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 the whole thing? It's kind of weird. Yeah, and so even just with Vought, like, I do like the corporate America aspect of it where it's just, like they are just controlling, you know, they're just trying to literally get their claws, like, in every single part of, you know, everywhere. They're just trying to get more and more powers, so. So, you know, Let's kind of talk a little back. bit about what I know you loved. <laughs> yeah. And if you want to go all the way back to our Avengers Endgame episode, which oh, you know, yeah. you know, so, it's probably like a five-hour <laughs> episode, I don't quite remember. I was great on it, by the way. Uh, <laughs> but the girl power scene in The Boys, I'm going to concede to you right off the bat before you yell at me. So don't yell yeah. at me. Okay, it, was, okay. it was done so much better here than what it was done by Marvel uh, last year. <laughs> and you know what? You know, it, it was organic in a way that I really liked. Yeah. Maeve needed this. I just yeah. felt like she needed it and good for them. They worked it out really well. You know what's great about that scene? Because I have one more snippet. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, I really like that scene because you kind of it, it's a good payoff from earlier in the, in the earlier episodes where they're obviously making fun of Disney's Marvel when they're just like, girls, get it done. And it's, of yeah. course, I mean, reference to that one that, scene. Right? It's okay to be yeah. in cheek because they are completely different and they are allowed to like point their thumb a little yeah. bit. Yeah. And, you know, and I, I love that they're making fun of uh, as far as like they're making fun of like Disney where they have girls get it done. And, of course, it's, you know, that ripoff scene from Endgame, you know, where you have all the fight they really just took it to her yeah and i i think that's what i like about it too is just like when it kind of came down to they're it not like pulling yeah punches they're not pulling punches but also too like when it came down to it to the fight of it and i think it's because you know they're not i don't think they're fully trained like these heroes they're just literally kicking the shit out of her it's just three against one like it's playground rules you know what i mean like just they're all just kicking at her and everything and just outnumbering her my but one like nitpick that, here, it's a dirty fight it's a dirty fight yeah and great that's exactly how you'd want to fight my one nitpick would be that Number one, I still don't totally understand how strong Maeve is. I assume she's stronger than what we're seeing. And number two is Kimiko when she just snaps her neck back in place. I was a little bit off put by that because if you're going to mess with my emotions and, and have Stormfront potentially just take her off the board and then she just gets back up, snaps, snaps her neck back, eh, 
I wasn't in love with that. Yeah, so with uh, with Kimiko, of course, we see that she has healing powers or healing pro- the healing factor, I guess. In, she she uh, was back to normal in like eight seconds. Yeah, so like with the uh, same thing pretty much happened with season one when she gets killed by Black Noir. She gets stabbed, guess, she gets cut up a bit, and then she's able to heal from it. So that's why I let it go. With Queen Maeve, uh, she is really strong. Uh, she's not as strong as Homelander. I think she's like probably the second or the third strongest like in kind of the boys' universe. But her character is, I guess, much aligned with the comic book where she knows what's going on with Bot, but she just kind of has given up. You know, she just kind of goes to the day-to-day well, motions, I like the scene. We don't talk about it so much. It's very human. It was a very human scene for her where she's just like eating potato chips or whatever. Oh, she's yeah. like, look, nothing will change. Stop it, you know? Yeah. I thought that worked, and that, it's a huge payoff when she actually shows up to help them. That's why I yeah. think it worked well. And I think it is great. And even just kind of with her blackmail with uh, Homelander, you know, with the video saying that she'll release it and Homelander saying, I'll kill and, you know, I'll kill every single person. Yeah, no, I and, didn't think like she shows the video to Homelander and that's her big chip piece, right? So good for her there. Although I don't know exactly how that would work. And I still wonder like how much does Homelander really care at this point? Who likes him and who doesn't? I guess it's a lot. I don't know. I guess maybe yeah, we'll, he, we'll delve into that more. Was it a mistake so. that Homelander went, like is making her an enemy now? Maybe that was Homelander's fatal flaw that he shouldn't have taken well, if she's second most powerful, I shouldn't fuck with her, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know. Because I, I, I am fine with it because just with Homelander, like with the whole public perception of him, it seems that that is all he has, all he knows, or it's all he knows what love is. And so that's why I kind of like, it's more important as far as how the public sees him because that's all he has left. Like Stormfront is pretty much gone and a Nazi, you know? And, you know, his son is pretty much gone too as well. You know, he's going to be in hiding with the government or with uh, General Matter. Mallory and so I'm fine with him where it's just like that's all he has left is the public perception of him so um, real quick I'll kind of want to talk about uh, the church right and even with the deep and I like as far as like with the deep like <laughs> I love so it weird. He, the yeah. <laughs> he, he did he did <laughs> got, I, oh, I, I love trained. yeah so sad he's like I married a lady that gives terrible blowjobs <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be back in the seven come on man <laughs> you know and it's great too where he's just literally like I did everything that you asked of me like he's like I did your stupid classes I signed my big account over classic cult stuff and he was like when you guys said we came from particle dust or some shit I didn't laugh like (laughs) and it was it was just great and even just at the end he's just like fuck Fresca you know just like rightfully so and even just with Stan Edgar he's like no Fresca it's a terrible drink just for the record (laughs) it is a terrible drink I'm with yeah (laughs) I I have not had a Fresca but I'll probably try one and even like you know I know you don't like that uh, that head blow up scene with the church of the collective the head of the church but I, I love it when he opens up the fresco and as soon as he opens it boom head snap because I wasn't I wasn't expecting it so that's why I enjoyed it a little bit well, more I just thought we I would have you... more stuff to go by with the Church of the Collective and maybe we will just with not Al- yeah. without Alistar or whatever but like, I just I don't know I just don't like we talked about it many times right we've talked about questions versus unanswered questions The Voice is not a show where I need answers to every question right but if you set them up in a certain way and they play major plot points in your season you're only giving us eight nine episodes per season right you've got to give me some answers what the fuck was this guy doing and if you're just going to kill him anyway i don't i don't get it you know a train gets back in the seven the the deep is mad and the church ultimately didn't really accomplish a heck of a lot yeah and i i see it as far as like this is this is still bot because obviously bot and the church like they have some sort of they have some sort of joint business thing going on because they talk about like commission they talk about like what percent they're getting like as far as money and so that's why i I get money can be the answer but ultimately like can bot control homelander doesn't seem like it 
I, I think they must have some sort of contingency plan with it. And of course, like now we know Vought is a control of the soup relation, you know, right. when it comes to um, what it is that they're doing. Like they're in control of that soup. Was it soup internal affairs? Whatever Something the government, like yeah, whatever yeah. the Senate oversight of the soups are. Yeah, so obviously, like they're 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 and who he's gonna go work for her? Yeah, yeah, he's got problems, man. I'm not sure. He's not that likable of a character most of the time. I I like Huey, but that arc was a little weird. It's like, why are you gonna leave the boys just to do that? And I guess I get where he's coming from, but it just seemed like a little bit last minute, a little bit shoved. It was a little bit shoved in there, yeah. Yeah, Maybe because they decided what season three was gonna be toward the end and just wanted to shoehorn it in. The only scene that I really thought was funny for him was when he talks about like I need to be my own man, and then she Starlight thinks he's breaking up with her. He's like, oh, not you. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna linger on, and attach myself to you forever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll be your puppy dog. You know, like I was like, all right, that sounds right. I definitely see it as like with the Church of Collective, where they're there, they're not as powerful as Bot, but they might have thought that they were going to be as powerful as Bot because they had so much dirt on them. And I saw it as like, okay, Bot is taking care of the Church of Collective, and I guess their whole thing was to just they were very, I guess, Scientology based. You know, uh, yeah, it was definitely poking fun at Scientology. Although, yeah. as we know, Nexium, plenty of cults you can poke fun. At. Yeah, there's yeah, there's there's a ton. You know, take your pick, and you can poke one at any of the cults. You know, and so, but I like as far as like. Rainier, I keep bringing him up. Can we can we explode Keith Rainier's head? <laughs> get him off the chessboard. Of course, I I just like the whole dynamic Terrible of, of uh, the deep the deep joining the Church of Collective, and it's just like that's what he's doing. But I'm curious to see what the deep's gonna be doing in season three. But season one versus season two, what would you say? Season one's better or season two better? It's an important question, right? I do have the numbers on the two seasons, right? Season one was 84 percent critic, 91 percent audience, right? So it's a reverse flip there. Season 2, 97% critics. The critics usually late to the game get on board, but the audience had it at 79. So a slight okay. drop-off on audience. Do you think that's like disgruntled comic fans saying, oh, I don't like where they're taking the story? Or do you think that maybe the redundancy in the plot devices? I don't know. Maybe like, I, I didn't get to complain that much on the episode about Billy Butcher, but his arc, I think he's starting to get there, but I still wasn't totally in love with that. And then uh, Laz went back to his family. There was just some things about the boys where like, I've asked you before, are there going to be more members and stuff? I think there's a little bit to complain about in season two that we didn't get as much growth as maybe I wanted. And then the Becca finality of that story I didn't love, but I still enjoy it. It's really close. I might put season one a touch ahead of season two. Yeah. And I think, I think same here, although I really liked season two, I still want to see the boys just creatively take out these soups, you know? And I think that's kind of just like my biggest, my biggest get to that at some point. Like just they do do it, you know? And I do like, as far as like when they do come with a plan to get Ryan, like, you know, of course they release that stuff with the Nazis things but that was just handed into their lap by a train so that's why i'm a little like you know i'll take it because i really like what you're showing me but yeah. they definitely but could they have had this whole subplot tyler with lamplighter and i don't feel like they yeah. have much of a contingency at any point lamplighter could have just killed any of them really and that yeah, was a yeah. little bit weird and i'm not sure what mallory's doing to a certain extent what's her contingency plans she's a little loosey-goosey with everything yeah and i think even just kind of lamplighter like we we know that he, he set himself on fire and of course that thing i told you with compound b he might be back in season three somehow or even season do four soldier boy was there something i missed there with whoever soldier yeah. boy so, uh, yeah so that's gonna be in season three so uh coming up in season three they're going to jensen ackles from supernatural and actually you have like uh, i think it's bobby fisher who was on supernatural too who plays the one of the attorney generals or one of the the military guys that in the beginning of the episode you know who talks about like you're gonna show a video of me you know banging my nanny at my daughter's container it's like please show it to me like please release it like because everything is better than right now and <laughs> yeah, so exactly. 
exactly right. So, uh, I'm on his and, side. <laughs> you can't so, uh, hurt me now. <laughs> basically, it's like, please, like, just do it. Get it over with. But, uh, you know, with Soldier Boy, they're going to be bringing Jensen Ackles from Supernatural, who plays Dean. Uh, Soldier Boy is just the boy's version of uh, Chris Evans, uh, whatchamacallit, Captain America. There we go. Oh, okay. And so, with this Soldier Boy, in the comics, there's a couple different Soldier Boys. There's one in World War II, and that was just America's version of Compound B and creating a superhero. And then there's just been, like, different people being Soldier Boy within Vought throughout the years. With season three, it's just going to be Jensen Ackles, who was basically going to be, like, Captain America similar, where he's actually, like, 100-something years old. And he actually did fight in World War II, and he is around in current time. Um, but, like, with uh, Soldier Boy, like, in the comics, he's known as, like, being a coward. And originally, General Mallory actually kills Soldier Boy in World War II because Soldier Boy makes, like, a really bad judgment call in battle and gets, like, a ton of people killed. But they're going to be bringing him back, and we'll see probably because of all the Nazi stuff. I'm sure Vought is just, like, we need someone ant- very anti-Nazi, you know, to be on the team now. There, and there, was, there was plenty of stuff that I had kind of read and st- tried to understand a little bit. Again, unanswered questions. I don't always want the answers, but I'll poke around a Screen Rant article here and there where they said that the church and Victoria Newman were specifically trying to take Stormfront off the chessboard. Do you think Vought knew what the arc of Stormfront was and was using her just to a means to an end? Or do you think that was just like, we didn't totally have control, we didn't know how it was going to play out, but the chaos is good for the company? Yeah, I definitely think that uh, Vought is behind it because I think we, we know now for sure that the uh, the senator, uh, Victoria Newman, right, is... Uh, do we know for sure she works for Vought? So we, we, we pretty much know that she is with Vought. Because as soon as uh, the Church of the Collective, the head, starts mentioning about, you know, bringing things back on Sad Anger, you know, bringing a blow to him, of course, you know, she takes him out. And I can't see any reason why she doesn't take him out. And in the comics, uh, her character, which is Gender Swap, is another pawn of Vought, where he is the vice president in the boys' universe, but he's just like another pawn of Vought. And that's all he does. Is just He does what Vought tells him which to do. Which would be to, to Maeve's point, where like, it doesn't matter how much you guys push yeah. back. They have people everywhere. Nothing's going to change. Yeah. So, but I, I don't think that we're clear on that yet. You've always said all along, all these people are with Vought, Stormfront's with Vought, the church is with Vought, Victoria Newman's now with Vought. But I don't know that the show points that out super clear, clear yeah. yet. So, and I think it's like kind of like with Homelander in season one, where it's like everyone is somehow in Vought's pocket, but they may have like their own like personal agendas that they're going after. But I'm pretty sure Vought knows about it. So, kind of like with uh, Stormfront, where she wants to get Compound V more in the hands of regular people. You know, they talked about in the first episode after they had, you know, that, uh, was it the commercial with Follow the Law when a soup terrorist right. attack? Well, you know, it's <laughs> I like that commercial. I thought that was and, funny. funny. Yeah, yeah like it's <laughs> The teacher has gun and everything. And oh, it's like a Black Lives Matter yeah. sort of poke, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, whatever, defund the police. Not Like, there's a lot of this stuff here that it's trying to poke at. And I, again, it's not as eloquent as HBO would do something like that. But I yeah, think it's, cool. it's, it's almost like, funny. It's tongue-in-cheek, yeah. but not sort of belittling any of either side necessarily on that yeah, argument, think, which is interesting. Yeah, and I think they find they found that balance pretty well but um i just like even with stormfront like her whole personal agenda was of course like with the whole white genocides thing and getting you know compound being in the hands of other people or i guess white people that was her own personal agenda but also Vought was using her to make people not be as angry at compound v Divide so even, man yeah exactly so even though she had her own personal agenda and they were fine with her going do you, with do you think she liked homelander route. for real at all i think she did because <laughs> uh, it seemed like he liked her yeah but even then it, i think i think for sure like or is every Everything in, is everything in the boys transactional? Is it just all transactional? <laughs> no, I, I think I think Homelander actually really did like Stormfront. I mean, he really he accepted that she was a Nazi, and he was like, "That's fine with me," you know. And so, I mean, beggars can't be choosers, but still, <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> she was, uh, yeah. 
<laughs> Nazi or scary? Yeah, scary. Mm-hmm. Not, but not, uh, yeah, I know, right? Like, complicated. <laughs> all right, so let me ask you this question, Tyler. Before we get into, you know, how much you're looking forward to season three, I wanted to just ask you the differences between dropping every episode versus sort of lining it out. They definitely were able to capture the zeitgeist and probably more articles, more buzz, um, kept the conversation longer. So I assume they're just going to do that in season three. But did you prefer all the episodes to drop at once? Or did you like that they sort of dropped, like, I think the first two and then everything else was Thursday night or whatever? Yeah, I definitely liked the uh, drop either. I think it was either two or three. I can't remember. But I liked the whole drop two or three episodes for that first week. So that way you have something you can power through. So you get really hyped up for the boys. And then I like that week to week, you know, kind of lined up. I think, so I, think I, we, we've talked about this on different pods before. Disney Plus has already said that they're going to start funneling more money into episodic stuff uh, rather than spending it on uh, big motion picture box office stuff as movies maybe go out of business. Who knows? Do you think that this is going to change and shift the culture with Netflix or other streaming devices? I'm just curious because this seemed to really do like gangbusters for Amazon. Um, I think it's a little different with each show. So like I know we talked about like with Stranger Things. Like, you don't things, think Stranger Things wouldn't do it? No, I don't think so because I think okay. that's kind of the appeal. Like, we I, talked know, about man, I wouldn't shock me if they went episode to episode. Yeah, you're right. It wouldn't shock me but I think that's kind of the appeal as well. I, I do like binging things although like the older we get is just kind of like okay there's no way I can binge you know eight hours of TV in two days like so I I do like where it's going from episode you know week I'm to an week, old man right? now it's hard for me to sit yeah. there at seven thirty I'm can't done can't still <laughs> can't move too much I mean it's complicated <laughs> every twenty minutes every twenty minutes you know? yeah, right? <laughs> so I. I like that they did it from week to week, but I think there's still going to be a place for, you know, where things can be binge watchable, where you can just drop all of it at once. But I do like that they found that kind of happy medium where, hey, let's drop three in a row and then we'll just give it to you week by week. Because you know what? I can fit three in a binge or every other day, whatever it is. And then I can do, you know, basically one a week at that time and still watch all the other shows that are dropping out too. So so, so what is I, your excitement level now for season three? I'm still pretty excited. I don't think they are going to do... um where they give the compound V to the boys. I think that's something the showrunner said. There yet. Can we get there? Yeah, I, I really hope I'm that we get there. I'm ready for it. Yeah, I really Let me ask you this question there. too, Tyler. How many seasons do you think this is going to go now? Are they going to stretch it out to like 10 or are we going to do like four? No, I think uh, with the showrunner, he had even said like they are going to do five seasons and that's it. Okay. Although, who okay. knows, maybe more. Them one more there. season, but then they got to get yeah. it to the boys. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I... I think that they should stick within that five, you know, stick within a good five seasons, have it, you know, just give us a really good story and tell us you're, you're going to be done at five. If you want to give us spinoff shows or whatever it is, maybe touch on that, you know, years down the road when we're, you know, wanting more content. Would you but, say that you are more looking forward to season three of The Boys or what is it, season four of Stranger Things? Um, I think I'm looking more forward to season three of The Boys. So there yeah, you go. So, it's your uh, signature show, essentially. Yeah. Also, too, like with this last episode, you know, it did such a good job on like, even though it was a little rushed, I did like how they were able to kind of tie everything up a little bit together. I still think they could have used one to two more episodes to, you know, just a little bit of filler to get us there a little bit more or make it uh, make it more. The lady can explode people's heads. Wouldn't she be more powerful than Homelander? (laughs) <laughs> you know, and that's what I was wondering too, where, you know, she's able to explode, you Throw know, it <laughs> you know, and she of course kills uh, Shockwave, you know, the other speedster that was gonna replace yeah, A Train. That and that's why rough. I thought maybe yeah, that's why I thought maybe it was the church, but I think it might be different because that's what I was wondering, like, can she kill Homelander or is it of course Homelander is a huge asset to Vod, so she wouldn't, but it's like can she kill Homelander? Because that's like on a different level or a different power scale, or would she have a problem, you know, Shockwave was always like bouncing out. around. I wanted a little bit more of him. That was rough. Yeah. That's true. It would have, you know, what? it would have been cool to see a, a speedster fight, you know, Something, but yeah. just a couple 
couple punches through. A couple speed punches. That. Yeah, and I get that this is a TV series. Although, you know, they give them a really good budget and everything, but I know there's only so much you can do with that live action. And of course, it's like, it's the story that's driving everything. And no issues with any of the effects of season two. Do you think it got a little bit better, a little bit worse? Oh, love the no whale. Issue. Oh, yeah, I, I let the whale go because I was just like, you know, it's not my favorite, but I do love that they just ram into it in the deep. It's just a like, fun day on oh, the no. set. I'll give them that. <laughs> yeah, I think because the whale involves the deep, I think that's why I let it go. But I would love to see the deep face off against someone like Homelander or just a really strong soup. And like they're just in a fish aisle and he's just like throwing fish at them or something. You know, I, I don't know why, but I love the deep and I hope he does not die because I think there's just so much more you can do with him. I can't think the train might be taken off the board, but I, I'm starting to I'm starting to shift on that. I like yeah. Jesse Usher and I think maybe he can he could do something else there. I think it's funny too when he's just like, you're in a train. He's like, sweet, I'm out. And he just yeah, leaves. He takes off, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so he's like, cool, what about us? Like two is a weakness. So. <laughs> I'm definitely excited for season three. Um, we They told us like as far as the showrunner goes, they, uh, we're going to get hero gasm. So, uh, oh yeah, so that's, like a, that's like yeah. heroism with heroes. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, so, uh, I think it's in the volume three of the comics. I'm going to be reading volume two here shortly, but with volume three, it's kind of like a spring break thing for all these, you know, all the soups, right? And where it's just like in a complete where spring break, these soups go to this one resort on some island and they just let completely loose. So a lot like the room that they saw in the first season. You yeah, know, that I thought kind that was funny. Room. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. So I think that would be great to see like where it's just a hero gasm thing where it's just like once a week these soups go to this, you know, this resort and they just party their asses off. To, to that end, let's close on this. Let's close on two things, right? Credit to Amazon for not really censoring much. Apparently that's the word yeah. that they don't really give them a lot of notes. So good for them there. Um, and that closing scene. How'd you feel about the Homelander jerking off over the city? <laughs> I'm fine with it because Homelander, like every Homelander blows Homelander, but it was lovely. It was good cinematography. I, I think I think that's a great scene. I think partially why because like I when he's getting his, I want. <laughs> I think I think that's a great scene because partially why uh, when he's at the end of it when they make that deal when Homelander makes that deal with Queen Maeve and even Billy Butcher and he's giving his speech you know and of course we see um, what's her name Starlight is in her original costume Queen Maeve's there and Homelander's just giving this talk he's going through the motion and it just zooms up on his face you know and you yeah. can tell that there's always like, like a vein or two yeah. that you can just tell <laughs> yeah I think that is a good shot and I think it's worth it and I know you told me that you can't unwash that from your brain or unwash nope. that from your eyes I cannot no um, it's always going to be there now I'll never look and, at 1989 Batman the same way <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course me. <laughs> they, uh, they wanted to do that in season one but they weren't allowed to but now season two they're just like go ahead and do it you know because people are liking what you're giving us but I know uh, even though I have some pet peeves of season two I, I still really like it and I still think it's just one of the best superhero shows that we've gotten and it's really like everybody tries to do nit and gritty and what would superheroes be like if they were actually real and I think this is how they would be they would be completely awful and accidentally killing people all the time or yeah, Kirby Kirk and uh, Rogan need to sit down with Schneider and, and let them know, look, you don't need all those uh, glossy sort of set pieces. You can just uh, have, you know, your superhero jerk off on the city. It's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's it. That's all you <laughs> More need. efficient. It's cheaper on the budget. It, it points out how superhero clothes are not uh, very good or efficient either. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and, zippers, uh, more zippers would be very helpful. Cool. We'll see uh, how it's like in Herogasm when they're on that week resort thing because uh, they do something kind of somewhat similar to that in the comics with Volume 1 and it is, it is insane what they do when they get to like the freaky sex stuff with superheroes. Yeah, I'm so sure. maybe that's what everybody was going to like with Season 3. Season 3 is the, the freaky superhero sex stuff or even more than, you know, your home. Who doesn't like that, Tyler? Come on, this is what we live for. 
<laughs> exactly. It's all about the dollar dollar bills and sex. animation and creepy superhero sex. That's what it's all about, man. Come on. So, so but uh, for season two, just for a rating, uh, I probably would give this like a really good eight and a half. Maybe I'll, I'll see how I feel. Maybe like next year I'll watch the same season two because I don't think we're going to get season three for a little while. But I think this was a good conclusion. If we never got a season three, I think I would still be pretty satisfied with how things ended here. Yeah. So I'm going to give it about an eight and a half and That's maybe some room to grow. And I think it's just, it's definitely one of the better things on television for right now. So, well, for sure, we've said it's Amazon's signature show, and I definitely have enjoyed it. You uh, squeezed me a couple times to finally watch it, and I'm definitely into it. And by the way, I have lots of friends that really like it. Uh, not necessarily that I would think like it, but do enjoy it. So, credit to the showrunners there. I'm going to give it a good seven and a half and hold there. I didn't go back to season one quite as much as I thought I would. Maybe I will at some point. Um, that might be just more of a time issue. And I do want to revisit the last couple episodes of season two again at some point. I think it's a good show. I do have some nitpicks and some of the choices they make. Uh, we didn't mention it, but the music really sort of helps along the way. Uh, the musical choices they make are just, you know, I'm nostalgic and old, so of course they're right in my wheelhouse, but it does help quite a bit. So I think seven and a half, maybe like you said, a little bit of room to grow. Satisfied with season two, a little bit of adjustment to go week to week, um, but now that I'm there, it should be fine for season three. So All right, so yeah, that's going to be our episode for the boys, and I'm definitely excited to see where they're going to go for that season three, but uh, where can we find you at, Nick? You can always hit me up at realwatchability.com, top 10 movies of the year, top 10 movies of all time, Hit me up at Twitter at Real Watch and East to West with Nick and Rob, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're talking flick. You can always follow us over on Twitter at flick underscore talking. And if you really like us, you can leave a rating or review at whatever podcast app you listen to. But of course, Apple and Spotify are the big ones. Uh, like we also have Patreon. Yeah, we do like apples. <laughs> I like Fresca. Uh, uh, Fresca is yeah. fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Just the final line. Let's get a water with a lime in it. Jesus Christ, we're not animals. Uh, oh, yeah. We also have Patreon. You can donate any amount of money, get access to the content. And compound well, B. Just yeah. give it to us already. Jesus. Just give it first responders and what was it, cop? I think it was or something. Yeah. You know so. we can do anything we want. <laughs> Just give it to us. <laughs> uh, we'll have the link in the description for everybody's stuff. And that was Talking Flick, and we'll talk at you next time. Jerking off over the city. It's fine, man. It's fine. Fine with it. I didn't laugh when you said we were all face particles. Like. <laughs> I married a lady who gives terrible blowjobs. Come on, man. Put me back in the seven. He did do everything that he asked for. That's how it appeared. I feel so bad for him. I do. I do. And even when they're doing the... guy talks to fish, though. I mean, at the end of the day... (laughs) Yeah, he's a fish. He'll die as well. What was it when uh when they're doing the the training right when Homelander is getting Ryan to use his laser beams he puts a little toy of the deep and yeah, he has he puts a little toy of the deep it's genius <laughs> there's some subtlety there I do respect yeah, that they do I mean, take the time all right that's the show. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>